bitches shaking the table. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Shaking the Table Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in every week. I love y'all so, so much. Y'all are loyal. Y'all are loyal. But anyway, this week, I want to take a sharp left turn from what I normally talk about and just kind of bring up something that has been on my mind for the past couple of weeks, and I haven't really been able to put it into words, but now I feel like um, I had a little bit more time to think and sit on it and um, just reflect a little bit more, Um, but the topic is death, and I know y'all probably ready to click on up out of here, but hear me out. I've been thinking a lot about my death and not necessarily like how I'm going to die or when I'm going to go per se, um, but more so my legacy. Like what is my impact? Um, And I've been taking time to think about what will survive me when I'm no longer on this earth. And I know this is so weird coming from me because number one, I just turned 23 like 12 seconds ago. (laughs) And also because I'm always like in a cheery, well, not always, but I'm usually in like a cheery disposition. So to hear me talk about death and to hear me talk about loss is like weird. Like it's weird coming from me, but it's also weird like me sitting and thinking about it and being able to write about it. Um, but let me just back up and talk about like what was the catalyst or what like provoked me to have these thoughts. Um, so as we all know, the great Nipsey hustle was taken from us a couple weeks ago. And although I'm not like a stan or super fan of his music per se, I will say that his death hit me very hard. Like obviously it was like so unexpected, um, But for me, I was just in complete shock. Like I was sitting at my desk at work. It was late on a Sunday. I was casually scrolling through my timeline and I read Nipsey Hussle shot. And I'm like, oh my God. So I go in the back because I'm really dramatic. Like when stuff happens, I like, I'm like, oh my God, I need to pray. So I go in the back and I'm like praying like, God, please don't take this man from his family he has so much life to live. Like he had a meeting with the LAPD set up to stop the violence in his community. Like he was doing so much and it just, I don't know. I was like, dang, he's gone. And, and, and it's just stupid to me how the person who took his life decides to take his life. Like it, so much of that, like made me angry, but then the anger turns into like just a complete sadness. And the more I thought about it, I was like, wow, like his life and the legacy he built in the industry and in his community was something that I felt so deeply and I had never met him. I listened to, I mean, I listened to a couple songs. I'm going to be honest, a couple songs, but he was just a person that I just admire. You know, how you look at some people, um, like some celebrities on social media and you may not follow their work or anything like that, but you just look at them and you just get filled with joy. Like that to me, he was somebody I admired. I admired the way he was like transparent about his path and his past and all the experiences that he went through. And, um, basically how he used those experiences to keep people off the street and to stop violence. And when I listened to him in interviews, he spoke so eloquently 
and talking about things like financial literacy in the black community um, and the importance of like knowing yourself and having that spiritual connection. It was just so many things that I like didn't realize I learned from him. And so now I realize, damn, he's gone. We're, we need to keep these gems and like bring these videos back up of him talking about financial literacy and him talking about um, stopping the violence and him talking about, you know, just like all the things that he brought to the table. Um, and, and most importantly, like just being on Instagram and following blogs like The Shade Room and stuff like that, like I kept up with how his family was. And I know that sounds a little weird, but like, I love Lauren London. I've been loving her since ATL, first of all. Um, but I love him. I love, you know, the way their family is and, and how they just bring me so much joy. And I, I can't describe it. Um, even though he was a Leo (laughs) and I hate Leos, he was an evolved spirit. And there was a certain peace that people around him appeared to have or have felt just being his presence. And like, I started to think to myself, like, wow, his impact is enormous. And even though I couldn't bear to watch the whole funeral, I sat and I listened to some of the highlights and I was in full out tears. Like this man was a gift and an inspiration to not just his family and his community, his friends, whatever. He probably didn't even realize like the scope of his impact. He probably didn't realize that there are people across the country and probably even the world that love him, loved him and, you know, were inspired by him. And that's just crazy. And so to get to my point, like his death really was sparked, really sparked this like um, reflective side of me. Like I sat down and I thought, when I die, what is my legacy going to be? What is my impact now? Like I'm alive now. And what is my legacy? And I started to get a little upset, to be honest, because I was like, yo, I really don't even know. Like <laughs> there is a part of me that has no idea what I'm doing. And of course, when I don't know the answers to something, I start researching. Um, because if I can't find them within myself, I'm like, okay, well, let me look to the word. Let me look to what other people um, have been introspective about and have learned, you know, just from reading up on things. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch some TED Talks because I'm a TED Talk kind of gal. I think they get to the point. Everything they say is very intentional. Um, and I like to watch videos. I like to hear people speak because that motivates me more than me just reading an essay or, you know, stuff like that. But anyway, it's one of the TED Talks I found. Um, it's called, Are You Living for Your Resume or Your Eulogy? And this TED Talk was given by um, David Brooks, and it's only about five minutes. So I encourage you all to listen to this after the podcast. Um, but he basically addresses two important questions that I think we all have thought about at some point. Um, number one. When you die, who will attend your funeral? And number two, what will they have to say during your eulogy? And in the talk, he brings up how there are two sides of us, um, or two selves, as they call it. Uh, The self who craves success, the one who ultimately is building your resume, and then the self who seeks community, love, connection, and all the other good values and traits that make for a really good eulogy. Um, And of course, your resume is like a list of, okay, what does Lauren bring to the table? Whereas... Your eulogy speaks to your character, and that is what asks the question of, okay, so who are you? Or, in this case, since you've passed, it's who were you? And since Nipsey's death and hearing all the powerful eulogies other people delivered for him, I was sitting thinking about the people who will read mine. Now, it's obvious I would want people to say, wow, Lauren really lived her life the way she wanted. Like, she really did what she wanted to do, and that inspired me. 
And so instead of people being sad and down because I'm dead, I would hope and I would want for them to look back at my accomplishments and share stories about my generosity toward them and then be filled with joy and inspiration to live out their own lives, you know, as carefree and as authentic and as, um, yeah, as, as I have, you know. And if I'm ever at a point where I feel like there are people in my life who can't go back and say those things about me, then I'll just feel like I failed. Like I failed to live my truth. I failed to be authentic and morally sound. And I know for a fact, out of all the things that I may be able to say are my regrets, that would be my biggest regret. Not having people share those things or having people um, sort of search or, or struggle to find nice things to say about me. Cause I'll be looking down from heaven. Like, damn, y'all ain't got no stories. I ain't make y'all laugh once. I ain't give y'all $5 once. I ain't call you an Uber and I ain't ask you to cash at me once. Ah, it's a tough crowd. Um, but when you're living for that resume, you're not thinking about your eulogy. Like you're not navigating your life in a way that showcases the best characteristics of yourself and who you truly are. Cause think about it, the resume is just a piece of paper. It doesn't speak to your personality. It doesn't, you know, talk about how giving you are. It doesn't talk about how loving you are. It doesn't talk about anything. It just literally just shows, you know, these are all the things you've done. You did it on these dates and that's it. It, it, it has nothing to do with your character. And the more you think about your eulogy and your impact and, and the more we live our lives in a way that's authentic and more meaningful than that single piece of paper, there's not one bad thing that people could say about us, right? Because you would ultimately get that beautiful eulogy that you want and that you feel like you deserve. If you're living your way, if you're living your life in a way that's authentic and meaningful, what can people say? And even if they have anything bad to say about you, it won't even matter. Number one, because you're dead. And number two, you lived a life that you deserve to live. Period. But if you have absolutely no depth of character, and if you aren't building genuine relationships and friendships, and if you aren't being a decent human being, then you're not going to get that good eulogy. People are going to have to struggle and scrap to say anything positive about you. And since I heard that, that being the TED Talk, of course, one of my goals is to achieve a certain depth of character, achieve a certain level of generosity and, and radiate so much light that when I walk in the room, you know I'm there. And when I walk out of the room, you feel that shift. And of course, I mean this in a positive way, obviously, because, you know, I want to maintain positivity and, and keep my aura as bright as possible. Um, and something I think about a lot, especially because I'm kind of new in the workforce. I'm coming up on my two-year anniversary at work. Um, but there are so many people who I work with or who I know of who have achieved their career goals and their financial goals and their personal goals or whatever. But a lot of them have not achieved that generosity of spirit that I was just talking about. A lot of people have all these possessions and all these accolades and all these material things. But when it's time for someone else to speak on their actual contributions or speak on their characters or whatever, we fall short. We can't think of anything we want to say. And I think it's because like in the society we live in, we spend so much time making sure we have the best jobs and the nicest clothes and the newest cars or whatever material thing floats your boat. Y'all get what I'm saying. Um, but people tend to forget that none of this stuff really matters if you aren't morally sound. 
and if you aren't a good person. Like we're taught in school and at home and at our jobs that you're only as good as what you bring to the table. You're only as good as your resume. You're only as good as what's on that piece of paper. You're only as good as your skill set. And once you've maxed out on those capabilities, it's no need for you to be at that company. They have no other use. Once you've maxed out, that's it. They're they're not going to be like, oh, so-and-so's a good person and or, or, oh, she was so nice to me that one time I forgot my lunch at home and she bought me Nando. No. Like, they're going to find someone who can do your job for less or do a job with a way more unique skill set than you have. <laughs> like, we tend to forget that we live in a merit-based society and we are grooming young people to think that their self-worth is determined on what they can do for someone else. And I that's one part of society that I hate because we are not all living to be the best people possible and to maximize our potential we are all living to say i did this 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 and that and the things that we are rattling off to me is a resume we are living for a document that is not going to outlive us and i can't I, I can't believe it and and all i can do is just not be that way for myself and, and to make others aware of it and to also not raise my kids in that in that environment, you know, just because society is one way doesn't mean that you guys have to feel like, oh, if you don't have these certain skills or if you're not better at your job than this person, then you're not worthy of praise because you are. <laughs> and it just bothers me that life is, is, is now becoming more resume based, resume focused. And it's not about being good, decent people anymore. It's literally, can you do these tasks? Yes or no? Like you could be a shady ass person, but if your boss or your management team or whoever thinks you're of value, you will stay over someone who may not do the best job, but has more depth of character. And it's like a point system in a way. And I don't think that we were designed to be that way. And it's just, I don't know. It's just really weird. And I actually read something in the New York Times, me reading something, ugh, an intellectual Um, but I wanted to quote it word for word. So I copied and paste. It says, many of us are clearer on how to build an external career than how to build internal character. But if you live for external achievement, years pass and the deepest parts of you go unexplored and unstructured. You lack a moral vocabulary. It is easy to slip into a self-satisfied moral mediocrity. You grade yourself on a forgiving curve. You figure as long as you're not obviously hurting anybody and people seem to like you, you must be okay. But you live with the unconscious boredom separated from the deepest meaning of life and the highest moral joys. And when I read that, I said, and I thought, that is the most polite drag I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> when they said you lack moral vocabulary, I thought about a couple people. I thought about some of y'all that I know is listening to this right now. Because there's a saying, I'm always quoting something because I feel like other people are, are, are more eloquent than I am. But there's a saying that says, it's so easy to miss our own lives while we're living them until we're no longer living them. And with that being said, I never want to lose sight of my legacy and my impact focusing on my achievements or focusing solely on my goals and what I plan to achieve professionally. I don't want to just be racking up accolades when I could be racking up social wealth. I could be building positive relationships with other people. I think that is so much more important than like 
being at the top of like the the career ladder, right? And there's so much more to our lives than material things. And it's something that's that we say, but like I don't think we really internalize it because I'm still learning this as it is because I am a person that's so goal-oriented. Literally, I started this podcast being like, these are my goals. These are my goals. Um, but I always try, when I, when I do these goals, I always try to include something that, or a couple things that are more like character development-based. Because if I'm not growing and perfecting, I guess, who I am and learning more about myself in that way, I can't even describe how far off I'd be in determining what my legacy would be. Does that make sense? Like if I'm asking y'all, like y'all can answer, but like if I have not figured myself out, I'm not going to be able to figure out what my impact is. I won't be able to figure out what my legacy is going to be. Like until I work on myself, I'm not going to be able to move forward. And me reading that just like started this whole process of like sparking something in me. Like, yo, you're writing your eulogy every single day and you just don't even know it. Because life is a combination of moments, whether that's big or small. And I think that your character is based on how you act in those moments. Like, are you present in them? Are you showing up as your true and honest self? Are you letting other people in? Are you maintaining positivity in those moments? Uh, And a bunch of other things. But the more I think about it, being impactful is not about these grand gestures. And speaking of grand gestures, here's an example. You don't need to go and donate millions of dollars to freaking rebuild Notre Dame. Like, you don't need to feed an entire village of people. It's the small, genuine moments that you have with people. It's those small, authentic, thoughtful, intentional interactions you have. It's about seeking to be good and to do as much good as possible. And there are some people who actually sit and think about their impact on the world. But then there's some people who get so swept up in the bustle and hustle of living in our society that it's so easy to forget to be nice or to do good for someone else or to help someone else and not think too deeply about what your impact is. Because in the back of our minds, we're like, oh, we have our whole life to live. We're only young. Me, I say it all the time. I'm only 23. I have so much of my life to live. But thinking back about Nipsey Hussle, I'm like, he's he was 33. How much of my life do I actually have to live? I could I could walk outside and get shot tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? So so the more I think about how many young people are dying, I just start to think about like the list of regrets that I have. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to be looking down from heaven eating the chicken box, pondering over all the list of regrets I have. Like I don't want to do it. I want to be rich financially and I want to be rich in spirit. And as I said before, I want to have that monetary wealth, but I also want to have that social wealth at the exact same time. Like, those are my goals. (laughs) And y'all get the point here, but like, I want to live for that eulogy. And the way that I think I can do that is by examining myself. And I say this every freaking episode, being introspective, like knowing myself inside and out and being conscious of the version of myself that I'm presenting to other people. And then lastly, just being kind and being thoughtful, even even on the days that I am am low and I'm not really feeling life, like just remembering to be generous to others because you have no idea what people are going through. And um, anyway, I feel like I'm rapping. I'm like going on a tangent and I'm missing my point a little bit. But my point is we spend a lot of time like perfecting our resumes and 
editing LinkedIn's and all that good stuff. But like those documents are not going to outlive us. Our legacy does. And nobody's going to care what your LinkedIn said. They want to hear about your influence at your funeral. They want to hear about the times that you stood up for somebody, the times that you helped somebody in need, the time that you gave your offer something, failed, got back up and persevered. Like your eulogy is going to be about what you did and who you were when you weren't focused on that resume. I promise you. <laughs> and bringing it all back to my first example, which was the people I admire, which got me thinking about it. I admire them because they don't give me some like fake highlight reel of their lives. They're not showing us all successes and no failures. Like these people are showing us the struggles, the hardships, their challenges, the demons they face, all that. And those people, whether they're celebrities, whether they're, whether they're people in your family, whether, it, you know, whoever your role models are, those people are the people that have the biggest impacts. The ones that show them, show us the, their true selves at all times. The people that show us their true selves at all times have the biggest impact. Nipsey Hussle, perfect example. He lifts as he climbs. He's a change maker. He was humble. He was intelligent. And he passed that knowledge down to other people. Because a lot of really smart people forget that you got to pass that knowledge down or else it's going to die with your homeboy. Um, and then another perfect example of this, since everybody's talking about Beyonce, she's another person whose impact and the scope of her impact, we're not going to realize that until she's gone. And I, I pray to God he keep her. He got it. Beyonce got to outlive me. I'm trying. I won't be able to take it. I won't be able to take it, y'all, because this woman is genuine and loving, and and she does everything with her heart. Like I, I don't know a more hardworking, humble black woman than her. I don't know. I don't know one. There's not one bad thing I could I, I could ever say about Beyonce. And if y'all ever say anything bad about Beyonce. I'll send you my address. We can fight because this woman, it, I can't even talk about it. I'm stuttering. I'm stuttering. But the most important thing about her is that she's intentional. Because in the root word that sticks out here for me is intention. With Beyonce and with Solange, they use the word intention a lot. And the more I think about that too, the more I realize how important the word intention is, because if you're doing everything with intention and if you are constantly seeking out your purpose, seeking out that why, saying, why am I doing this? What do I hope to gain? Am I being the best version of myself? Am I doing this with intention? You're so, I'm trying to tell y'all. And if you are doing everything with intention, then you are actively interacting, engaging in your life. You are fulfilling your goals and you are living a life that is meaningful and fulfilling to you. And that's so important. And that's something I learned from Beyonce because that woman, I don't know what else she can do. She might as well sell furniture now too, because this, she done lived out every dream that she wanted to. By being intentional, by being hardworking, by being humble, by living for that eulogy. Because I feel like she's a person that thinks about her, what her legacy is going to be. And then she puts plans into action to make history. Coachella, prime example of her legacy. Prime example of something that is going to outlive her. That generations after us are going to look at that and say, wow. And so I leave y'all with these thoughts to mull over and to ask yourselves, what is my purpose? Am I living that every day? And if I die today and someone had to give my eulogy, what will the people I love say about me?
And I would love for you guys to tweet me and Insta DM me your answers because this is something that I've been thinking about for a while and I really think that we need to stop and, and, and truly think about our legacies and truly live our lives with intention. Um, and I think that's something that is going to help us get to where we need to be. So that's all I really had to say. Um, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. I know I was jumping around a lot. Um, it's just sometimes it's really hard for me to get my thoughts out. But thank you guys for riding it out with me. I love y'all. I'll see you guys next week. If you're Christian, happy Easter. Praise him. He has risen. Have a good Sunday. Enjoy some ham or whatever y'all eat with y'all family. Save me a plate. Love you guys. Bye. (laughs)